Welcome back to another episode of The Rest, a podcast where you get to hear the rest of the story and where we continue the conversation that Sunday started. I'm your host, Jared Jacobus, and today I'm accompanied by Bryce Mitchell and John McCambridge. What's up, Jared? How are you guys? Good. Our listeners already recognize me because I'm also part-time host well, of The Rest. And you're so. famous. And I'm a famous podcaster, yeah. so. I'm, but you may need to I'm introduce not, Bryce. So Yeah. Bryce is uh, is new to the podcast scene. Yes, sir. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. How are you feeling? Uh, you know, we're recovering from my Cambodia trip. Uh, yeah, I'm excited I, to be here. I heard most of the team it was stricken with some illness. Yeah, we're uh, we're mostly down bad right now, actually. Um, but we're recovering. Yeah, I saw I saw ear infections. I saw uh, sinus infections. Yep. I saw pneumonia. Yeah, yep. someone lost a limb. So, yeah, no, well, that's not true. If <laughs> I <laughs> should just say that and put that out there, Jared. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm glad everyone made it home safe and yes, uh, they're on the mend. Uh, today, we have a special episode. We're covering Cambodia Sunday. Mm-hmm. And um, both my guests here today have been to Cambodia with yeah. our partner, mm-hmm. uh, 117 International. So we're going to be talking about that, um, talking about some of the things that we can't really mention on Sunday about missions, trips, yep. and Cambodia. Um, so uh, before we get into that, John's doing a class. Called yeah. Teach Us to Pray. That's right. And it just started this Monday, but yeah, it's Monday not too late to one. join, right? Can, no, can come people on get in? Yeah, Emma doesn't listen to this podcast, I don't think. So yeah. she's like our admin, so she would be mad at this. But, you know, like I basically feel like, you know, I can say whatever I want because she's not going to hear it. So, yeah, come whenever yeah. you want. Yeah, if you Monday's guys want to get o'clock. in, uh, just reach out. We'll we'll send you the first, um, the first week video so yep. you can catch up and then take it from there. Yeah, it's, it's great. We're praying, man. Yeah. We are praying. The first the first week was great. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, it was very fun. All right. Uh, Bryce, can you give us a quick recap of uh, what we're doing over in Cambodia and why we chose uh, this ministry to partner with? Yeah. Um, you know, this was our second trip uh, mm-hmm. to Cambodia with 117 International, who's one of our partners. Um, and just a little bit about uh, 117. Um, you know, it, it's, it's ran by Curtis and, and Curtis is an amazing human being. Yeah. Um, God struck him with a vision and a passion uh, for something very specific. Um, and it actually started in Haiti, um, but they're expanding. Um, and so they're in, in Cambodia, they're partnering with an organization, a, a school really called New Hope. And New Hope uh, exists to do what their, what their name seg actually says, you know, to provide new hope for yeah. kids. Mm-hmm. Um, over there, just, just a, a little bit of a, a picture into what's happening. You know, uh, English is your way out of poverty. So the more rural you get, the more you, uh, uh, you actually start to see that people don't really know English as well. Um, you go to the major cities and these kids are learning English and um, it's just a radically different uh, socioeconomic yeah, sure. um, uh, playing field. And so this school is coming in and providing Bible education and English education for kids and for teenagers. And that vision closely aligns with Curtis's vision uh, for, help, for providing uh, education for kids that are left behind in the educational systems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it was like a kind of a perfect match. And so we got to come in and provide um, just some various um, kids camp experiences. Uh, and so we, we took our kids camp here that we did, uh, Camp Yeehaw, except we did not call it Camp Yeehaw yeah. because turns out that doesn't translate well to other countries. Um, <laughs> so they don't American really get cowboy <laughs> the American yeah. cowboy thing. Um, and so we just called it Kids Camp and we talked about the power of our words. And, um, and then for teenagers, we, we had something specific for them as well. And so we got to take a team to just go and serve these kids and these teenagers yeah. and, and the staff. And um, man, it was an amazing trip. 
That's awesome. One uh, really like distinct um, note that people need to know is uh, Cambodia's public education system mm-hmm. has a threshold on mm-hmm. the ability to go, right? Yeah, like so you have to test into it. It's it's a very corrupt system, and yeah. So um, Haiti, so Haiti specifically, uh, which is where the organization was started. Okay, Haiti specifically has some uh, some things in their education system where if a child falls out of the system, there is no real safety net to try to bring them back up to speed when they when okay, they come back. You. And so what ends up happening is a child falls out of education because of, you know, a natural disaster like the hurricane or like the, uh, like the earthquake mm-hmm. um, or because of poverty or because of family situations. And then if they can't test back into their grade, then there's a very high likelihood that their education's done. And so 117 believes that hope is achieved through the gospel and through education. Um, and so I think a lot of countries, mm-hmm. um, you know, in, in what we call the third world, right in terms of socioeconomics, they're like that, yeah, right? Because uh, uh, and just an incredible amount of resources and money is funneled into the education system of the United States of America. Yeah, for sure. Right? And that's just, you know, that is uh, part of, of what our values are, but that's also a part of just the fact that we're resource rich. And so we send a lot of resources into that. And so countries like mm-hmm. Cambodia and like Haiti who don't have those resources to bring a child back to speed, mm-hmm. right? To intentionally, you know, we have like independent learning plans and stuff here to, to try to do that in these countries, man. Like that, that's, that's really not going to happen from a resource perspective. And so mm-hmm. these schools, you can yeah. now just, just kind of give us a little bit of what these schools are supposed to do. Yeah. You know, uh, the education uh, system in Cambodia is very corrupt for, for some of the same reasons, but also for very different reasons. Um, and we actually got to experience this firsthand this past trip. Um, so one of the things that we've learned is that if, uh, you want to graduate, you know, you take exams. Um, unfortunately the, the, um, the teachers in the education system do not provide the answers for their exams, um, in the normal week to week curriculum. If you actually want the answers to the exams, you actually have to pay extra. Wow. Um, and so where, if you have more money, you have a higher chance of actually graduating. And so a lot of times what you'll see is teachers uh, will charge extra uh, for the answers that are on the exams um, and kids will have to go to school on Saturdays to get that. And we actually got to experience that. So our teen camp happened on a Saturday this year and uh, the primary school right next door, which is a a Buddhist school, um, but it's a primary school. um, They were having one of those sessions. Mm. And so there were kids running in and out, um, which it just, like actually being able to see that, you know, this concept- um, that we'd read about and been told about is actually happening right next door to this school. Um, it it kind of blows your mind a little bit. Yeah. So question for both of you guys. Uh, what's one thing that you guys experienced uh, while doing this that you had no idea you would experience? It's mm-hmm. a good question. Just dropping bombs on us right now. It's yeah, a you know, great question, I, man. So I went, I went in uh, 2023, mm-hmm. right? And so I didn't go this year. Uh, and I serve on the board of directors for, for 117. So I have pretty good access to like the things mm-hmm. that are going on and personnel and, you know, who's the teachers and all that stuff over there. And so uh, the two things that I think you experience on these trips, uh, first of all, um, the, the connection that you end up immediately having with the children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you get out of the van mm-hmm. in the middle of this village called in, in, in a city called Batambang. 
And you open the doors and you step out and the kids just like bum rush you. Yeah. And like That's grab cool. you and hold your hand. And basically like, you know, in terms of feeling desired and wanted, right. you know, like <laughs> it's, it's about as, as strong, um, as, as anything that ever happens here. Right. And it happens there immediately. And so people go and you know that you're going to do something that you consider to be good and godly. And so you're excited to do it and you might even like kids, but then when you get out of the van and you make this kind of like in time and space connection with these kids, like your heart yeah. completely melts. Right. Um, the kids are special. You know, you go and you get to interact with them and they, just, they, they pull on your heartstrings in a way that you never expected. Um, you know, I've been able to go two years in a row and the primary part of my job in general uh, is the youth director, right? I work with students, middle schoolers and high schoolers. And so, um, you know, I've, it's two years now I've been able to interact with kids. And one of my biggest takeaways this year um, that kind of like really struck me in a way that I was not expecting was just like the assurance that the next generation will be reached for the glory of God. Yeah, well. um, like in spite of uh, systems and uh, processes and programs, like the spirit of God is moving and God is going to reach these people. Um, he's going to reach these, the, the next generation. Um, and it's really just a question of to, like, are we going to be available and obedient to that? Mm. Are we going to say, God, like use me? Um, or is he going to have to go find someone else? And so like, you know, two years in a row of me getting to go. Um, last year, I got to actually do more of the speaking and more of the programming, like hosting and all that kind of stuff. And this year, I just got to raise a team and pour into them and let them do it. That's cool. Um, and, and so like it has it's just a, a good reminder that has nothing to do with my talents. And I think God will use talents Yeah, um, 100%. He gives us talents and callings and purpose. Um, but man, I think more than a lot of that is that he just wants somebody that's willing to say yes yeah. because his mission is moving forward and he wants to partner with people yeah. as we've seen throughout the scriptures. He wants to partner with people to move it forward. Mm -hmm. And so that's that was one of my biggest takeaways this the year. The first thing that happens when you get there with the kids is you go to the school on Sunday for church. Oh, okay. And it's a kid's church service. And so it's all kids and all of the kids have ridden their bikes from their yeah. houses that's amazing. Uh, by themselves at 7.30 in the morning on Sunday to come to church at New Hope. And, you know, there's probably like, I don't know, like 40 kids there. Like it's pretty decent there, there were, It was like, it was probably closer to like 70 to 80 kids this year. And and so uh, when I went last year with Bryce, you know, I had experienced something similar to this in Haiti. And I told him, I was like, man, like the kids, like that that's mm -hmm. going to undo you. Yeah. And we walked into the church service we saw all of these kids and they're singing and they're singing Father Abraham. Mm. And I That's remember so cool. Bryce just completely like I wept. lost it. Yeah. I wept. And then every and then you got to kind of bring everyone else into that this year. Dude, and, they wept. And they wept right. They wept. Man. Because it's like it's beautiful. Kids on the other side of the world in a place that's two percent Christian who from their own volition and will have gotten on their bikes at seven o'clock in the morning and ridden to church in order to praise God, to worship God, yeah. and to be yeah. in, in a house. Because their parents like aren't into it. No, most they're of them are probably Buddhist. Yeah, yeah. most yeah. of them, you know, are not are not Christians. And um, you know, it's just it's kind of night and day difference between what we see with our own kids yeah. sometimes and our own yeah. students. You know, it's it's hard dragging my kids out of bed. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 And then these kids, like the Kaylee put up a picture this past Sunday of um maybe a five-year-old girl um that has a bike and her two-year-old sister stands on the front so they can get to church. Um and That's you know, there amazing. are it and also, you know, to 
to ride a, a motorcycle or a scooter, you need to be, you know, 16. Oh, okay. And there are kids that they'll pack five kids on one of the motos. Yeah. Um, and none of them are over the age of eight. <laughs> <laughs> and so like incredibly illegal, incredibly dangerous, but they're choosing to like risk it all to go to church yeah. because that's how much it means to them. It's yeah. powerful, man. That's yeah. so cool. Do you think uh, this, this type of mission trip is something everyone should experience or do you need to be a certain kind of person to handle something like this? That's a good question. Um, I think if you have the opportunity to experience it at least once, you should. Yeah. Um, I think part of the reason we don't uh, and why a lot of people will, won't actually um, is because of the, the general mindset that we have. I think a lot of people operate from a default that says, I'm going to stay planted until God tells me to go. I'm going to keep living my life until God puts a, f- a flashing red sign that says, go to Cambodia or go to this or whatever, you know, fill in the blank. And I actually think that we should live our, men- our life a little bit with a different mentality. And I think we should actually live with the default that says, I'm going to choose to trust God. I'm going to live with a go mentality until he says, stop, mm. plant. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean like travel across the world, but that's just, yeah. it's kind of just like a lifestyle of obedience. Um, and so like when these opportunities come, you know, it's, it's an opportunity to trust God for something big. Mm. Um, it doesn't mean that I, I don't think everybody's called to be a full-time missionary. I came back with bronchitis. Yeah. I'm good, man. Like give me a year to recover. <laughs> but there are people, you know, we met the Scoltons um, and who are a, um, there are a couple through 117 that are in Cambodia full-time mm-hmm. with their two kids and they felt the call to go. Yeah. Um, and so like they, I do think that it, sometimes it takes a very special person and a very special calling for people to go and do that full time and to make a lifestyle out of it. Yeah. But in terms of these trips, I think if you have the opportunity to go, um, I think God will open your eyes in a really beautiful way and help you to see that the kingdom of God is coming forth all around the world, yeah. Yeah. not just in your local context. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, the way that I kind of think about missions trips is like, number one, there's, you know, there's good work to be done, right? Yeah, so to, to go, and to do something like put on a kid's camp where you teach the gospel to children and to students, that is in and of itself good and commanded by God. And so when there's an opportunity to do that, that's something that we should all be eager to do. But the other thing about mission trips, and this is usually what ends up happening, is that you go to do something, but then something happens to you. And the reason I think that is, is like, you know, we live a life where we have access to the God of the universe, the, 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 the Lord of hosts, the great I am, the almighty creator and sustainer of the universe, and we get bored with him. Mm. And that's a spiritual problem. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, how does God deal with that? Well, if he wasn't gracious and kind and loving and long-suffering, he'd be like, Mm. you you know, you're bored of me. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, you would imagine how offended you would be if, you know, you had a spouse or a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever, and they get bored of you. Well, you know, we're supposed to be married to God. We get bored of him. And so, because he's so gracious and, and, and long suffering, what he does is he gives us opportunities to see him in fresh ways. And so to go overseas and to basically do the exact same thing that we do here with our kids, uh, but because it's there and because everyone's tired from traveling (laughs) and excited to be in a new place with kids, they don't know, uh, it all feels fresh. Yeah. Yeah. And so you see the kingdom of God and you feel the presence of God and the the power of God in a new way, right? And it's not that he's moving in a new way. It's that you have done something with yourself to put you into one of his streams of grace and to experience that power. Uh, And and so, you know, I would say 
that, yeah, I think everybody should, should do this. Yeah. You yeah. know, health, health willing. Yeah. Health willing. Amen. Yeah. Um, but just to, there's something you said in there that was really powerful. You know, it's a, it's a new way, but also I think there's something about it. that's also very familiar in terms of like who we were created to be as, mm. as the church. Mm. Um, you know, I got to write a devotional for our team um, to kind of like, you know, help us to not miss the gravity of what God is doing and to really con- just continue to go back to God because yeah. um, they're long days, you know, and uh, the day of church. So Sunday, um, the one thing I put in front of them was, you know, that this is a picture of the Revelation church. And it's something that I don't think we really get to experience a lot. And here's what I mean by that. We live uh, with a bunch of people that sound like us and look like us and speak English. And then you go to a church service across the world and none of them are speaking English and they're speaking Khmer, which is, you know, the, the language, the native language in Cambodia. And I think that's half the reason it gets like really emotional for people is because, you know, in the book of Revelation it talks about how God will be pr- praised and it'll be people from, from every tongue yeah. and from every nation. And so Tribe, yeah. for a lot of people, this is their first, like when you go on these trips and you get to actually witness people who don't look like you, right. who don't sound like you, worshiping the God that you worship in your own life. That there's something like about it that feels fam- like familiar, mm-hmm. yeah. And it, I think it's because that's the, the way it's supposed to be. It's mm-hmm. new, but it's familiar at the same time. Yeah, it's great, man. Yeah, I heard a saying that when you go on a missions trip, you never really come back because <laughs> the person that left for the trip's a different person Dude, than totally. the, the person 100%. that arrives here. So you you guys would agree with that? Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, like th- there's there's something that happens when you go on mission trips where like basically you you come undone. Yeah. You know. And almost everybody who goes and has an experience like you guys had, you know, you come back and there's like existential crises mm-hmm. that start happening in your life about who you are and what you do. Yep. And, you know, there's ab- there's definitely a way that that can affect you and you can respond in an unhealthy way. For sure. But, you know, the way that I kind of think about it is that whenever God sets your heart on fire, no matter how uncomfortable it is, you you should lean into that. Yeah. Yep. And so, you know, there's people who come back from this who, you know, they're in corporate America and they, they think, you know, I need, I, I need to go into ministry. And, you know, the, the, the discernment process of that needs to be had. Yeah. And the wisdom of God needs to come into their life. And it can't just be because you saw something exciting. And, you know, I don't actually believe that full-time ministry is the, the, the place that people who love God should necessarily always go, yeah. right? Like there's... There is the kingdom of God to build all over the world and all over uh, the the industries. So, but you should explore that, right? You 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 came undone because God showed you something. You should not run away from that. You should not try to numb yourself of that. You should, you know, really lean into that emotion mm-hmm. and experience and, and reaction. That, because I think that that's something that's 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 holy, and, and I think it's a gift that God mm-hmm. gives us to think about the deep things of life. Yeah, you know, in terms of like jet lag we always tell people there's about an hour um for every hour difference it's like a day to recover yeah. right and so we were 12 hours away so it was like 12 hours to reco- <laughs> or 12 days to recover um and something i told our team was like i would expect the same thing in terms of your pro- the way that you process this trip mm. for every hour time difference it's a day to process mm. yeah and so like give it two weeks you know stew on it because like yeah like, like you know you come back and you were undone and you're left now getting thrust back into your normal daily life and um, your normal relationships, trying to figure out how to make sense of the, the move of God that you got to participate in and, and the things that you saw. And so you're left processing uh, with all of these pieces. And you're like, I don't know what to do with this. And so I, th- I think you do come back different. Um, 
And, and, and I think it's in like, you know, the processing after that you begin to start to like piece those pieces, uh, put the pieces back together to figure out, okay, now how can I take this into my daily life moving forward? Yeah. Um, how is this going to affect me as a Christ follower? How is this going to affect my prayer life? How is this going to affect my, my relationships? But it takes yeah. like intentional time to actually process it. You know, I was, I was talking with my girlfriend uh, and I was apologizing last night. I was like, I'm, I'm in a funk, you know? And, and she's like, I get it. Like, I can tell you're different. I'm like, it's because I just had this crazy experience and I'm still putting the pieces back together and trying yeah. to process um, how God moved and, and what I got to experience. That was, um, you know, at the end of the trip this year, I just, I remembered last year how difficult it was for people to process. It took us several weeks to really begin to, to put together those pieces. And so we took a moment to process out loud together. Mm-hmm. Um, on the final night, we, we sat outside of the hotel and we encouraged one another and we processed out loud about the ways that, you know, we saw God move. And one of the biggest questions I always asked, um, or I made sure to ask everybody on our team was, you know, people are going to ask, like, what was your biggest takeaway? Like, how did you see God move? And um, what are you going to say? Mm. What is that one thing? And yeah. just trying to narrow it down to one thing. Um, because yeah, you, you come back different. Um, and, and it's a lot to process. And so just to get that ball rolling while we're still on the trip, I, I think helps to um, maybe expedite the process, but it just gets your mind rolling, you know, in a, in a different way as you're processing, like, okay, no, this is how God moved. Mm-hmm. This is how I've been, I've been undone. Yeah. Um, and here's how I want it to affect me moving forward. Yeah. Do you guys have any stories about how your personal relationship with God has changed or um, just has became um, uh, a new and an exciting relationship um, since you went on the trip? Yeah. Um, one of my, I, I kind of like, you know, I talked about this a little bit, you know, I said that the next generation will be reached for the glory of God. Um, after doing this two years in a row, you know, my second year was a lot more like in the background, like a lot of preparation as I went into it to to push our team into uncomfortable situations where they got to do um, like the, the hosting and the teaching and the interacting with kids way more than I did. Um, and one of my biggest takeaways and, and, and really how this one thing has like impacted my life. Um, you know, um, I just have a different understanding. I feel like of the magnitude of the glory of God. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of times in the West, we see it as a personal relationship with God and it's me and God. And yes, that is hundred percent true. Um, but I think we stop there and we don't actually see like the magnitude of the church and who God is and the movement of God um, in, in our cultural context and in this cultural moment. Um, and so like to go over there and to see God choose to use these people and to see rooms of, you know, a hundred uh, kids at a time, you know, worshiping God, you know, it just starts to to make you kind of take a step back and make this is so much bigger than just a me and God thing. Mm. Um, that God has a plan and that God is moving and he invites me to be a part of it. It's not that the main part of the story is me and God. Mm. The main part of the story is God bringing heaven to earth all over the world. Mm-hmm. And I get to be a part of that. Mm. Like yeah. I'm a part of the story. It's not my story necessarily. I do have a story and I think we all do and God moves in that beautifully. But I think the whole point of that is to connect our story to the bigger story that mm. God's been weaving since the beginning of time. And so That's really good. you get to come back and you get to see that a little bit like it kind of relieves pressure a little bit, yeah. you know, the, the, the weight off your shoulders that like, if I mess up this thing, like everything's ruined. Um, if I don't, whatever, take that job, everything's ruined. If I don't mm. do that thing, everything's ruined. If I don't take that step, it's like, no, God is weaving something because he's sovereign and he's big and he's inviting us to be a part of it. And so just with that mentality, you know, coming back, it just, it offers so much more peace and appreciation 
to my specific story as it yeah. relates to the whole. That's awesome. Yeah, we're the, we're like the main character in mm-hmm. all of our own yeah. stories. Absolutely. And then you go to a missions trip and you and you see what's happening on the other side of the world and you're like, maybe I'm not the main character yeah, in right. this story. Yeah. <laughs> because you're not, right? Right. Um, we've talked about the kids. We haven't really talked a lot about the teachers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the teachers both in Haiti and in Cambodia are, you know, by and large, very young women um, who, uh, you know, live in the surrounding villages and live in the area and are doing what they do because they love these kids and because they love God. And, you know, I remember the first time that I went to Haiti, we did this like leadership retreat with, with the teachers. And we, we shared like leadership principles and we also shared the gospel yeah. and gave them, you know, some, some spiritual encouragement. And then we did that last year in Cambodia mm-hmm. as well with the teachers. And one of the things that strikes me when I'm, when I'm in those moments is the hunger that they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The hunger that they have for God, the hunger that they have for resources like leadership resources and principles, you know, um, there's a lot of people that just kind of know Jim Collins, good to great. And that's mm-hmm. like, okay, yep. That's something that we have uh, drank in and now we know that. And then there's a billion books that are just like it. And we've probably read some of those too. And you, you know, you take some of these like brilliant principles and you share them with people who don't have access to it. Yeah. You know, like they don't really translate a lot of those books into Kamai. Yeah. That's not a very common language, right? Same with Creole in Haiti. And so there, there is this moment where you're doing something with these kids and with these teachers specifically that you get to do all the time and you see their hunger uh, and enchantment with it. Yeah. And I remember like last year I, I came back on, and, and on the plane home, I, I was praying that God heals me from my spirit of boredom. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Like I need to just be absolutely fascinated with God and with the world that he's created because um, how you how you sit with them and see that in their eyes and in their spirits and then kind of like come back here and like, you're kind of like bored and apathetic about the things of God and, and the things of heaven and earth coming together. It's like, um, you know, we, that, that, that's, that's changed my perspective. Yeah, um, that's really good. Um, so are there other ways other than, so when people contribute and tithe mm-hmm. um, to this community, it affects 117 International because they're one of our ministry partners. Yeah. But are there also other ways if people wanted to get involved in um, helping, supporting, or praying for 117 and New Hope? Yeah, uh, I, I'm sure John can speak into this a little bit more than I can, um, but uh, especially from like a financial side. But uh, in terms of praying, 100%. Um, like I, I talked about the Scoltons. The Scoltons are there full time, you know, with their their two kids, and they're in this school, and you know they're bringing Jesus to, to this local community in a really beautiful way. Um, you could follow them on Instagram. I know that's like such like a okay. simple thing and yeah. whatever, but um, they post you know things about like uh, ways that you can pray for them. So they they do like monthly or quarterly like pr- uh, prayer points. Um, they also have a team of people constantly praying for them, um, and so you could reach out to them. Um, uh, it, and, and they'll keep you posted on ways that you can be praying for them. And then also like praying for their teachers and praying for their students um, in a very real way, rather than just maybe like blanket prayers. Um, they'll give you specifics. Um, and so like, there are definitely ways you can pray for the Scoltons and 
um, and, and, and for 117 as a whole. Um, but I do know that there are also financial ways that you can support um, yeah. with like being like a key holder. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure John can kind of speak it's to that. It's uh, Ben and Marissa Skolton. Yes. Uh, if you Google them, yes. um, they'll come up. You can follow them there. Yeah, and you can just, you can go to 117international.org. Yeah. And uh, the, I mean, the website's very good in terms of telling you what, what the organization does. And then obviously there's a, there's a donate button at the top and uh, you can choose, you know, what you want to donate to, to some degree, there's, there's a general fund and there's something called key holders, which is a, a monthly contribution of $50 a month. Um, and, and basically, you know, with the way that the cost per pupil works, you know, that $50 per month, you know, $600 a year mm. is substantial yeah, in yeah. terms of sending a child to school. Countries. Um, and so $50 a month, to be honest with you, is kind of like a stepping stone type number. Like that's, that's not, you know, particularly high, uh, point of entry. And so, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty like intense right now with our community about generosity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the reason is because, uh, we want to be a community of disciples of Jesus and if we have a community of people who are not willing to be generous with their finances, we do not have a community that is discipled into the likeness of Christ. Yeah, for sure. And so there, we, you know, we as Christians don't have a choice. That doesn't mean that there's not grace in terms of your your period of life and maybe you know some kind of financial crisis that you're in or that you need to grow in in your relationship with God and prayer and and you're kind of trying to take baby steps. That's all good, but like you know, you, we have to be defined by generosity. Yeah. And so we have to give to the local church because we believe in the local church. We consume from the local church. We are helped by the local church. It's our community. Uh, and then then we also need to find places that are doing ministry in places we aren't and in ways that we can't. And we yeah. have to put wind into their sails. You know, yeah. we, we got to, uh, you know, we as, as Christians, if that is what you call yourself, you have to take this call to a generous life seriously. Yeah. And it is generosity in terms of time. Yep, right. Sure. Going on a missions trip is generous because that is paid time off from work. That is a, a, uh, it's not easy to do. You're probably going to get sick. You're, you're going to, uh, come back and have to reorient yourself and you're willingly turning your life upside down and mm-hmm. having, you know, so there's, there's a generosity of time and talent. Um, but, but there is no option in terms of generosity of treasure. Yeah. And so uh, this is a great organization. Absolutely. You know, I, I can say this from, from sitting on the board for, for four or five years now, that the mission that you see on this website um, to, uh, to uh, you know, the, it's called 117 International, it's Isaiah 117, learn to do right, seek justice, defend the mm-hmm. oppressed, take up the cause of the fatherless, plead the case of the widow. Yeah. Um, th- that, that is happening at this organization. You know, their mission is to develop Christ-centered schools for students who lack access to education and the gospel. They're doing that. The the vision is that we see hope through education for the left behind. We see doors for students, regardless of age, gender, ability, or economic status. We see students discovering their role in God's story and stepping through doors of opportunity to transform cultures and communities. And that's happening here. And so if you want to be generous with your money, you know, we say that if you're a Christian, you have to give to the local church and then you need to find places that are doing things in the name of God and building for the kingdom. And 117 International does that. And so I would encourage everyone to at least consider, uh, you know, on top of their their um, tithe to the local church to support something like 117 with something like yeah. 50 bucks a month. Right. Yeah. 
such a small amount makes such a big difference for these it does. places. It does. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of times we get a little hung up on like, where does my money actually go? And like, what is it actually doing? And do they actually need it? And, you know, as somebody that yeah. just got back, you know, the, the, the way that the schools are set up, you know, the tin roofs, right? Tin roofs on these, yeah. on these schools. And um, during the rainy season, they have to cancel class Too because loud. of how loud it is. And so like, you start to wonder where your money goes. It goes towards, you know, things like giving them a building. And we've, we've talked a little bit about their staff. And, you know, they're, this, this, the staff at this school is made up of, you know, 20 to 25 young women, 18 to 25, uh, most, most of them are. And, you know, helping to pay them because they're like, they bought into the vision. They're committed. They want it. They could go do anything else. They can go to the major cities and live a lifestyle that's radically different. And they can make three times more money than they're making, but they're there. Yeah. And so helping to provide, you know, salary, uh, maybe even they're talking about, you know, expansion into another, into, uh, you know, another school, um, in a, in a different area of Batambang. And so you want to like, you come back from these trips and you're like, I, like, I physically saw the need. Yeah. Like our team came back and we're like, we physically saw the need and we see where the money's going to go. Um, and so, I just, I, I, hopefully that maybe alleviates it. If, if somebody's like, I just, I don't know where the money's going and I don't know how it's going to impact. I'll, I'll tell you right now, like I saw it. Like I've, I've seen how the money impacts and I see the, the future that they have, you know, yeah. that, that Curtis like has dreamed up for the school and, and that Surit, the guy that, that kind of started the school, like they're, they're in meeting, they've been in meetings for the last week mm -hmm. to like partner together and to figure out where this is going in the future and how to take what they're doing and make it better. You know, yeah. I've, I've, I've I, I fully trust, um, you know, 117 International and, and I trust New Hope in what they're doing. And so like your money goes farther than you actually understand. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well, thanks for being with me, uh, with me today, guys. Anytime, um, Jerry. It's amazing to see how God's using this community to bring heaven to earth all around the world. Amen. Sure. Uh, this coming Sunday, you're speaking, right, John? I am Can speaking. you give us quick, like three lines of, of what you'll be talking about? Yeah, I'm going to talk about... Uh, I'm going to talk about the the singing and musical aspect of worship. Yeah. Good. So uh, one of the things we believe at this church is that worship, like life is worship. Yeah. So, you know, your parenting is supposed to be worship to God, your job, your work, what you, how you, how you uh, go about your job is supposed to be worship to God. Life is a sacrifice to God as a Christian. Uh, but there are certain things that we do together that we're called to do, that we're commanded to do, and one of those things is to sing to God. And so we don't have the most expressive community, yeah. right? We don't mm -hmm. come from what is called in the church world charismatic roots or Pentecostal yeah. roots where some of that expression is more normalized. And so there are, there are times on our Sunday mornings where you, you go in and, and we're singing songs to God, the Father Almighty, and people are just like standing there with their arms crossed. Yeah. So I'm having a little bit of a moment with that where uh, I'm, I'm like, you know, I've been there. Uh, and I don't know if like, I'm okay with that. So yeah. in, in a way that's very unique to me, I'm going to give a biblical theology of singing mm -hmm. and worship and music in the Bible. And then, you know, call our church to you don't have to run around and throw your arms in the air and fall on the ground. But, but you need to come into the auditorium. You have to sing to God. Yeah. You know, you have to come into the house of yeah. God and sing to him because it pleases him. And here's a little teaser. Mm -hmm. Uh, you, the things you declare with your song, you are declaring not just to God, but also to the devil and his host. Yeah, that's Say good. That. All right? Yeah. So to sing to God is to uh, uh, 
uh, enact spiritual warfare mm. on the enemy. And so we need to know that. And men of our church need to yeah, know that. That's good. Dude. All right. Hey, rumor has it John might be singing on stage. Well, yeah. <laughs> just, just, uh, he might break out in song. <laughs> so if you want to, you have to be there. Acapella. You got to be there to hear it. That's right. Come, come and see. All right. Thanks for being with me this week. Uh, joining us on this uh, special episode. We'll be here next week, same time. Cover more of what John's speaking about this coming Sunday on The Rest. Love you guys. Later. Later.